Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Haley and Co. Show, your new favorite college football podcast hosted live on Twitch. I am your host, Tyler Coe. And I'm Haley Graves. And we are part of the Believe Podcast Network. That is B-L-E-A-V. You can find our show there as well as audio versions of almost every single platform possible or watch the recorded version of this uh, on the VOD here on Twitch. Yep, you sure can do that. And also be sure to follow us on not only Twitch, which if you're here, great, that means you found us, but also on Instagram. Uh, you can't miss it. Uh, this show is also brought to you by betonline.ag and play action pools as it is every week, which we will tell you more about later in the show. But we are back better than ever, and all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another college football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website to use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Yes, you heard that 100% for a second. I thought Tyler had a typo there and thought it was supposed to be 10, <laughs> but it is 100%. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Guys, you can literally bet on anything and see odds for everything, including who USC's next head football coach is going to be. That's right, Haley. Uh, bet online put this together for us to, for people to take a look at. And I was a little surprised by this. I know last week I, I said uh, um, Solani Kata uh, Kataki Solani was going to be one of my choices. He's not even on the list. PJ Fleck. Six to one odds and Mario Cristobal leaving Oregon seven to one. Does I've, this surprise you a little me, bit? Part of me feels like this seems more accurate had I seen it at the end of the 2020 season. Yes. Like coming into yes. this season. It doesn't yes. feel as accurate right now in the moment because I would say James Franklin has higher odds. Bob Stoops definitely. Uh, yeah. So th that's that's interesting for me. This Even entire, seeing Gary yeah. Patterson like. Why, what incentive would USC have to go after Gary Patterson and take him away from TCU? Like, why? Yeah, that I makes don't, no sense. None of those really are a good fit for me. Like, none of them. Like, yeah. and James Franklin and Mario have like way bigger things to worry about this year. Like, both of their teams are still in contention for a playoff appearance and a national title. So, like, I could weird see, list. I think James Franklin is like, gonna coach his ass off this season and potentially like I could see him having conversations because I was actually thinking about this not that long ago and part of me wanted to be like why would you go to USC but then also why would you not go to USC they're still relevant enough and enough of a brand to draw in athletes you kind of definitely have an uphill battle um but they're still USC they're in a piss poor Pac-12 South mm, mm. and so you pretty much have everything in front of you just waiting for someone to snatch up and make that program be a prime program again I think so too and I think James Franklin is kind of that guy like if he like you said like this year if he could have a massive year for Penn State like take them to the Big Ten Championship right and maybe even right. win it like he'd be like look I got this program back to where it was with Joe Paw. I'm on to the next challenge right Who like he could bow USC? out gracefully yes yeah. exactly I think so his odds are higher row the boat and, ain't going nowhere row the boat would not yeah. work in LA that's not that does not no, fit he's, USC he's man. content there but I'll say and like also with James Franklin um you know bowing out gracefully but then also there's no one standing in your way at USC and no. I just feel like that's just, it makes sense to be the next step in someone's career. Uh, it, that does make a lot of sense. The Pac-12 does not make any sense. The ACC makes no sense. We're going to get into all that on tonight's episode. Uh, so we have a, a fun show planned for you guys. We have another uh, hot or not that's going to be pretty interesting. I have another addition that Haley helped me out with of Tyler's Beefy Boys. I know you guys all showed up to watch that. Um, but first, Haley, we're going to start with that week three reaction. Tyler loves his beefy boys. I love my beefy boys. I'm trying to be a beefy boy myself, right? It's beefy boy season. Uh, in week three, they went off. But, Haley, I yep. want to start off with this because you tweeted something out, and it shocked me. Downright shocked me. I don't want to say myself. It, it didn't appall me. I was just I was flabbergasted. I was bamboozled. 
Um, you Thanks. tweeted out that Big Ten base. You basically said, paraphrasing, that you love Big Ten football now, and that's where oh, I want to no. start. That's where I want to start the show because that's how I read that tweet. No, I did not say I love Big Ten football. I was just rather appalled because I was coming off the high of Penn State Auburn, and I was thinking to myself how that has been my favorite game so far this season. And I mean, I was entertained every single minute of that one. And I was just eagerly on the edge of my seat, wanting to just continue to watch it. And then I was sitting there thinking, I was like, wow, the Big Ten is actually kind of fun to watch this year. They have some contenders. It's not just Ohio State dancing their way to the victory line. Like, they're going to be some fun. Which is crazy. And that's it's, really it's, weird. It's weird it to has, hear that it, coming from you. <laughs> it still has a really disgusting taste in my mouth. Like when I was, even when I was thinking it, I was like, ah, oh, oh, who am I? I'm like that. I'm like that girl. I'm like that meme. You know, the girl that she's like, and then she takes another sip. She's like, so, mm, mm. yeah, that girl. It is. It has been that way. I agree like with you. That, Can, that girl went to A and M. She Sorry. did. She's funny. Yes. I like her. Yeah. Um, Weird segue. And I like no, and I liked I liked all that with Penn State uh, and Auburn. That was such an entertaining game. It was back and forth. Uh, the whiteout was amazing. One of the best things about college football, and it really it does get you start to it, it starts you thinking as a college football fan and just kind of watching the way things are going. The Big Ten, like you said, has contenders. Not named Ohio State. Penn State right. just beat an SEC team, and let's be real, Auburn's not a world beater, but like that's a game we're used to the Big Ten losing. Wait, but time. I need you, I need you to, in the same way that I came around on the Big Ten, I need you to give Auburn a compliment. Uh, okay, I will get. Yeah, I'll give Auburn a compliment right now. I thought that they. You sound so uncomfortable had, having to do this they right had, now. They had really good uniforms. I liked the white wow. face mask. I thought that was good. One one week. I can't wait until Texas and Auburn are playing in a bowl game, and then you're going to have to admit that Auburn is a decent football team. I don't. I think Auburn could be a decent football team. Just kind of breaking that game down before we get into the rest of the Big Ten conversation and then talking about the, uh, the alliance or what is left of the alliance. It's like the fellowship of the ring. It's like just Frodo. Sam died. Right. Like it actually just, didn't happen. Like, it didn't happen. It's just one dude with a ring. Uh, but yeah. no, I thought Auburn has, they have like the framework there to be a good football team. I was like you, a little curious of their play calling. I wanted more Tank Bigsby. Uh, I, yeah. I wanted more of a running attack. I thought that some of the play calling at the end of the game where we're putting the ball in Bo Nick's hands on first and second down to hit home runs is not the way to get back in this thing. Um, Bo Nix definitely struggled in this one. I also thought they didn't utilize uh, utilize his legs as much as they should right. have. Um, so I thought the play calling was poor. Game management was poor. Uh, the SEC officiating crew was very poor, uh, which uh, we'll talk about later in the yeah. show because they messed up in a big one. But I think Auburn can I mean, be a good football team. If anybody watching that game, if you watch Tank run the football, you're like – that guy should get the ball in his hands every single play. He's that good. Right. Well, they also had another little true freshman that was running the ball that was really impressive as well. I think for me, what shocked me the most about Auburn was because they came out with a lot of fight. That's what I was just impressed with this whole game. Like It was two fairly equal match teams mm -hmm. going kind of blow for blow on offense and defense. It didn't really feel super one-sided, and that's my kind of football. I love just nice, balanced football. Mm -hmm. um, but then also, when you look at the result, I was kind of like, okay, this is fine, because we have to remember, Auburn's head coach is in his first year there coming from Boise State. This is likely one of the biggest one of the biggest games he's coached in yet. Not to mention an environment like that. You know, so like there's bound to be those play call hiccups, growing pains for him as a head coach. Um but overall like super super pleased with that game. I loved every minute of it. I think it was awesome. I think it spoke a lot to Penn State being uh night and day different from what they were last year. 
except right. for the fact that, that at the back end of last year that they're still on that hot streak. They're playing fundamentally sound football. Sean Clifford looks really good. Not something I expected like to say whole, this year. like a whole new version of himself. It, he did. Uh, calm, cool, collected, making the right throws. Dotson right. is electric. Um, this Penn State team has has some moxie. And for Auburn, too, like we knew that probably those 60 points a game was kind of like, that eh, was probably a little inflated, right, with who they were playing. But right. like you said, they 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 have they they have the ability to be a very good football team this year. I wanted to see like thirty carries with Tank. That's just me. I think that could have <laughs> caught them back into the ball game. But look, looking across the rest of the Big Ten, outside of Ohio State, which we'll touch on, even though they did beat Tulsa, it's kind of been the same story them. But Michigan, Michigan State, both three and zero, both looking fantastic. Michigan State right. made you and I look really good because we looked at that Miami game and said, nah. No, 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 no. Sparty's going to yep. upset them. And they didn't only upset them, Haley. They, they beat them down. Uh, we're looking at Iowa in the top five. Wisconsin is still yep. very much in the mix. This conference has really good football teams outside of Ohio State. Right. And and we don't even know what Ohio State is going to be yet. And I think that's what makes the Big Ten so intriguing. That's where my comment stemmed from was because Finally, this conference feels so up in the air, and I'm here for it. I'm here for the mayhem. I'm here to have new teams in the college football playoff. And I think week three of this season kind of showed us more than ever a lot of cracks in several foundations of several juggernauts. And I think this might be the year we finally see new teams in the college football playoff. I think so. Crazy that it's the Big Ten that is leading that charge. I don't know if I had that on my bingo card at the beginning of the year. Mm. what i don't know if they're leading the charge what what, leading the charge for change i mean well i mean i guess in a sense that because ohio state is not playing to what we thought they were going to play well i guess the reason why i'm saying they're leading the charge because if we look at the rest of the alliance if you will the amazing alliance moving on to the acc um, I don't know if anybody wants to win this conference. Um, I don't know. Which nobody team, knows. N- nobody knows. I assume it's still Clemson, but I kind of want to start there. The ACC, again, had a really bad weekend. With Clemson, they had a bad weekend, too, even though beating Georgia Tech 14-8. to And we've talked about their defense is going to be the thing that keeps them in football games. Hey, right. DJ Uyunglele has, thrown, has yet to throw for 200 yards. He has thrown one touchdown pass this year. This oh, defense, I know. They this have offense, what is com- wrong with this offense? They have two completions of more than 20 yards there. And, and it's not even necessarily just him because their offensive line is also trash in the past. I want to say since 2009, they've only had five offensive linemen actually go to the league three being in the last two drafts. So they're not exactly producing strong offensive lines. And I think that's just being exposed. I don't necessarily think it's DJ. We saw in that week one opener, you and I talked about it. Play calling is skeptical. But again, that Mm. comes back to what your offensive line is allowing you to do if they're not protecting DJ and they're not allowing running lanes for these running backs to get through. You don't have an offense. Like, you think that DJ stats are bad passing the ball. They're averaging 1.3 yards before contact. Which is unacceptable. That's a hundred and fourth in FBS with the talent of backs that they have. That's absurd. It you is. should not be averaging a yard before contact. Absolutely it, not. It is not DJ's problem, and I, I completely agree with you. DJ is not the issue at Clemson. That kid can ball. We saw when he had a line last year. What did he do? He was unbelievable. Right. Um, I'm still shocked that there's no cohesion, at least throwing the ball. Again, I know that all goes through the offensive line, but. Justin Ross, not the same Justin Ross that we've seen. Maybe that comes later in the year, right? They're going to have all the time in the world because the ACC is absolute hot garbage right now. Right. But it is shocking that the, that offense is still where it's at. And then we, when we take a look at the rest of the league, my gosh, Haley, Virginia Tech, you know, getting a little bit of momentum. They lose to West Virginia. Uh, yep. Miami, is their season is done after losing to Michigan State. Pitt making me look like a fool, losing to Western Michigan. And then FSU, of course, as we talked about from the weekend, is 0-3 for the first time since 1976. Yeah. It's, I mean, we said this coming in. Like, I guess shout out to North Carolina because you're still kind of hanging around. You're flirting a little bit. We'll see what you end up doing. Uh, Like Sam Howell's been hot again, you know, reminding people why he's been in so many Heisman conversations. But 
Yeah, I mean, just as a whole, the ACC is just bleh. It is. And I mean, it's going to be a long season and a lot can happen, right? Like if Clemson goes undefeated, we might begrudgingly have to give them the four spot just depending, you know, what's going on in the rest no. of the world. I don't like it as well as you do, but there's a lot of football left to be played, but they are doing themselves no favors. I mean, when we started at, at the beginning of the season, we had two top 10 teams from the ACC plus Miami, which people thought could sneak up in there as well. And now we're moved from that. I don't think Clemson is a top 10 team. Like at all, they're flirting with it at number nine, but I don't even know if they're top twenty-five. I think, I think, if anything, I think fifteen to eighteen feels like their sweet spot right now. Um, just because we have to give that defense some credit and still remember what that first game did look like. Um, but I mean, I don't think that Clemson, honestly, unless the rest of the ACC starts to play better. Like they're bringing down Clemson's resume and Clemson's validity to even be in the college football playoff. Because remember, you've got five power five conferences because sorry, Cincy, keep doing your thing. But let's be honest, as pattern holds, five power five conferences, the champion of each one of them gets in. So that leaves out one power five and ACC right now, it's looking like you are the you're the the last man out. It is. And it, you talk about like Clemson needing the, the conference itself to be better. I think it's identical for Oregon in the Pac-12, which, by the way, before we get to them, uh, a big blow to Clemson is Tyler Davis, that beast on the defensive line, out almost seven to eight weeks with a torn bicep. So for that defense that is holding this Clemson team together, uh, that's, a, that's a tough blow. But I think it, it's the exact same thing with the, the last person in the alliance is the Pac-12. Oregon is getting zero favors from its conference. We want to talk about the ACC okay, having yes. a bad year. The okay, Pac-12 yes, but, might be having a worse year. Right, but the big asterisk there is that Oregon is still undefeated, and they have a win over Ohio State. Absolutely. Clemson, who is Clemson's big win going to be over? You, you're a one-loss team that's not going to have a signature win. Their signature win will probably come from whoever is ranked in the ACC championship game, right? Like if that's um, – it, it, which like, I don't know who that's going to be. But, again, yeah, I don't know if that's going to be enough as a resume to get you guys right. in because the, the rest of it is so weak. For Oregon, though, the only reason I say that is that Oregon cannot slip once in its no. conference. Like that's not possible because when we look at what the Pac-12 did this weekend, one of the teams that set us on fire, UCLA, at the beginning of the year – loses to Fresno State, which is unacceptable. Yeah, that was I honestly think that that was a case of you thinking that your shit don't stink. Yeah, that's someone, exactly what that was. And someone coming up on your tails and humbling you. I yeah. think I genuinely think UCLA will be fine the rest of the season. But in the last seven minutes of the game, they gave up two 75 yard touchdowns. Like you just it, it's like it's just those little things that they basically they just got caught slipping. They did, and it, it harkens back to last season because what was Brian Kelly's message? Remember, we saw that LSU game. He talked about it after in the postgame. Finish. We have to finish. A lot of coaches preach that. That's not unique, but they say it because it needs to be true. UCLA didn't finish this past weekend, and now they have a big, fat, stinking loss on the resume. Before, before we fully talk UCLA, because to kind of tie the two with Oregon together, that is going to be the game of Pac-12 between Oregon and UCLA here in about a month because looking at Oregon's schedule right now, Arizona, Stanford, Cal, UCLA, Colorado, Washington, Washington State, Utah, Oregon State. Literally, they the rest of that schedule should be wins. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I look at it right now. There's not I don't even think UCLA is closer has the has the cachet to even take down an Oregon. Just what we saw from that defense and their their offensive line might be the best in the country. I don't know who can beat that. Um the only team that we you know we were high on as well, and I don't want to call this a bad loss, but it's still a loss, is Arizona State falling to BYU. That was a tough game, but that was also a game that BYU pretty much had from the jump. Um, you love your BYU. Li- oh, I do but love my I, BYU. I will, I will give them credit now. I mean, they're basically Pac-12 South champions at this point. They've beaten Arizona, Utah, and Arizona State in the first three weeks of the season. Yeah, they've beaten two ranked teams back-to-back. I mean – Clowney's got it going on right there. Uh, that was a heck of a game, and that's a good look for BYU as they move to the Big 12 to get some national respect. Yeah. But then, like you said, Colorado gets destroyed by Minnesota, blanketed. Utah. They had negative 19 yards I saw rushing. That. I saw that. That I don't I think know it was how like one possible. of the first games in like a decade that a team 
finished with negative rushing yards, especially like the fact the way that because I've watched Colorado the past two weeks, like especially the way that their offense runs, it actually doesn't make any sense. No, how that happened because they had success against the Aggies' defensive line, and I'm not trying to besmirch Minnesota, but I'm damn sure that it ain't as good right. as the Aggies' defensive line. I mean, like, that's but, not a thing. but well, we talked about it. Like they had four unique yeah. ball carriers. And the only guy who had, I think, positive yardage was the backup quarterback. That's insanity. That was it. So I don't know. I mean, I didn't watch the game. I don't know what happened, but I was, I saw the final score and I was like, wait, what? I did, I did too. I was like, that, that's bad. I thought Colorado was yeah. a little bit better than that. Utah lost to San Diego State in triple overtime. That's actually a really fun game. And then Northern Arizona is now officially the best Arizona team in Arizona, beating Arizona which I just can't even believe. Uh, this is as bad as it gets for a conference. And this, remember, that this was a bad weekend, but hey, Washington, we still didn't forget. None of us forgot that you lost to Montana. So top to right. bottom, Haley, it's Oregon or bust for this conference. And Right. And I mean, a few, I can hear USC fans being like, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> Don't forget what we did this weekend. Rah, rah, rah. We bounced back. Okay, so you might be the South representatives, but you're still going to get ran through by Oregon. So you are. Uh, I'm not raw rod after a win in Pullman against Washington State. That's not impressive to me whatsoever. However, USC may be having some answers to their uh, quarterback problem with Slovis being out. Jackson Dart with the one dark patch on the eye. I mean, he was great. I know. I, know. I wonder. I wonder how that station, how that is going to end up shaking up. And I was like, damn. Poor Slovis. He just signed an NIL deal with American Eagle. <laughs> did he? Wait, did he really? Yes. That's such a SoCal thing. Oh, my no, God. No, like the photo. Like, I think I saw the photos and it was just like, wow. If I didn't know, like, who you were, I would think that you were just like a very typical American Eagle model. That checks out. Um, so, yeah, bad weekend for the entire lines except for the Big Ten. Uh, it's still the silliest thing that we've seen. And, you know, we've touched on a few games during our uh, pregame show for the watch party, but there were some other really interesting games of note. And, you know, OU takes down Nebraska, very sloppy game. OU has been probably the sloppiest team outside of Ohio State uh, in the country when we're talking about the juggernauts that you were as far as, like, weaknesses in them and seeing inconsistency. Right. Since he I, in Danina, uh, as you like to say. In Danina. Uh, yeah, which we, that yeah. game was oddly close. It was. I mean, I think Indiana's still a good football team. I just think they've had a right. rough start to the year. They play some really good right. teams. Right. I mean, like, they played them very close. They just ultimately, like, I think Cincy is just the more talented team and that they were able to finish, and Indiana couldn't hold on. But they – I mean, they played them well. Like, at this point here, let me ask you this. I forgot I wanted to ask you this when we were talking about BYU. Um, teams not in Power 5, pretty much, I mean, I guess you could say BYU, Coastal, and Cincy. Who do you have as the best team? I do not have Coastal anymore. That Buffalo game, that really yeah. was like, no, 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 no. I don't like that. Seeing the way that BYU has improved, losing Zach Wilson and beating a Pac-12 team, I know it's bad, but, like, the way that they've been doing it, winning the Holy War – they have a more impressive resume right now than Cincy. And it might end right. up being that at the end of the year. I still think Cincy is the better football team. Seeing what they did against Georgia, returning those defensive starters, these kids can ball against premier opponents. And Cincy's got the sweet spot right now. They're up there in the top ten, and if they just hang around, they got a better shot. If I had to pick, though, see, today, i pick BYU. I See, I would, too, because yeah. Cincinnati, like, if you watch that game against Indiana – you're appalled because for three quarters, Indiana looks like the better team. They did. They they were the better team. But since yeah. he is a good team as well that knows how to win and right. finish a game. But no, if you ask me today, I had to pick one. It's 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 easy. It's BYU. They've been one of the more impressive teams. Yeah. Um, and then that Alabama-Florida game was really weird. Um, yeah. You've got some weirdness with it. You know, you and I stopped watching that game because it's 21-3 to in the first quarter. It's like, okay, yeah, this checks out. I'm checking out. Right. And then we're, we're coming down to the wire where Florida almost has a chance to win this thing. What's going on with that? What's going on with Bama? Can, do we want Bama? I, I think we're seeing cracks in Bama. I don't think that they're fully faltered yet, but I think Florida did a good enough job to give us a blueprint for how to beat Bama. 
And I know as an Aggie fan, I got excited because here in three weeks, Bama's coming to College Station. And one thing that I found very interesting about Nick Saban's post-game conference was, or post-game interview, I should say, is he mentioned the fact that the noise in the stadium genuinely affected their team in the way that they were able to play. And hearing that just got me so excited as an AM fan because you, if you've ever been to Kyle Field, it can get very loud in there. And I don't know, I just, when games like this, when it was coming down to the wire, I told myself, if Florida wins this, AM doesn't have a shot. But now that that game came so close, there is, there's possibility there. There's three weeks for AM to figure out their shit. Um, so I don't know, it, it got me hopeful if anything, because I enjoy, like college football just isn't fun when someone's just sitting on top looking down at the rest of you, you know? And so being able to see that Alabama is human, I it made me excited for the rest of the season. Maybe. All of us know what's happening this weekend though. Uh, who are they playing? It doesn't matter because they're gonna be taken to the woodshed. Their university might be wiped oh, off the face of the earth. Poor Southern Miss is about to get yeah. just drilled by Alabama. We know how Nick Saban rebounds after an ugly victory. It's really rough. Um, but they are beatable, and that's the exciting thing is seeing this juggernaut team. And you saw that with the young Bryce Young. He was having issues with the snap count. We're having false starts. Right. The stadium absolutely did get to those guys, and that was interesting to see. We haven't seen that in a Bama team in, Haley, how long? When's the last right. time a Bama team – and quarterback got rattled by a stadium. It's been years. Probably 2014, Bama A&M. We're going way back in time. It's crazy to think about that. So, yeah, they are beatable. And then, you know, that Tulsa-Ohio State game, if anybody happened to catch that, because I know you were keeping an eye on it, and I did too, Ohio State is winning solely on the luck of having Chris Olave and Garrett yes. Wilson. That's literally it. That team – has Chris no Olave idea. didn't play this week. And he didn't – no, and he didn't. And what's his name? Trevion Henderson was a kid who was going off again. Yeah, um, he was – he literally got the win for them. Yeah. Um, without Olave and Wilson, and if that team becomes a one-dimensional team, they're going to lose. They're going to lose multiple games. Like – They – I mean, if someone just shuts them down with the run, and then we saw what they did against – or what they couldn't do against Oregon, they couldn't stop Oregon's run – um, I don't know. There's a lot of holes in Ohio State right now. But again, as college football fans, as we all are, this should get you weirdly excited because as we just mentioned, Clemson faltering, Ohio State faltering. Bama's not faltering, but they're more transparent than they've been in the years past. So I'm just saying there's a really high possibility that we got some shakeup in college football this year. We do. We do. We're going to, uh, and we're going to get to that. I, I have something for the folks they are going to like, but I couldn't agree more Haley. Um, so before we get to uh, Tyler's beefy boys, and we're going to talk more about um, uh, this past weekend with our hot or nots, I do want to let you know that our podcast is partnering with play action pools pools.com this season to bring you some interactive fun to the sport we love the most you'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick'em challenge which is open to everyone so here's how it works you sign up for our contest bleav football pick'em at playactionpools.com and they'll get your picks in each week we're going to be selecting 10 high profile games of the week both nfl and college football whoever gets the most picks correct they're gonna uh, get a pair of electric sunglasses which I still don't know what those are, but it should be fun, and a pair of DC yes. shoes. So, again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest. That is Believe at B-L-E-A-V, Football Pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor Pick'em as well as cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. All right, Haley, do you want to do some beefy boys? Let's, let's get you to your beefy boys. I know you're so excited. That looks like it's no, that whole thing looked like it was in slow motion. Like I really was like, are they really running full speed right now? But they are. Look at that. Textbook punch out. Uh handedly. So those are my beefy boy quick beefy boys. There you go. But all of them are they're all stocky running backs. They ain't slick. Uh so those are my beefy boys for the week. Roshan Johnson almost more had like a Derrick Henry like present ra rather than being a beefy boy. He is he well he used to be a quarterback and tr like became a running back because Tom oh, Herman had zero depth there. 
Um, by the way, Chad, there, there was no, there's no volume. There's no volume on that video. It's just me talking. Um, but yeah, he's like, he's a, he is a big beefy boy. Um, and he's definitely a fan favorite down in Austin. Six two two nineteen. That is a, that is a big boy. He's a big, big boy. So Haley, those are your beefy boys for the week. We'll do that again some other time. I hope everybody loves that. Give love to the beefy boys, but let's get to our hot or not for week three. Haley, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Um, I can, I can jump into my knots real quick. Cause we pretty much already discussed them. Um, Clemson and Oklahoma, both of you have got to not be feeling too good after this past week's performance. I mean, Oklahoma has West Virginia this coming week. Yes, it's a home game, but West Virginia did just take down number 15 Virginia Tech. So, you know, they're on their high horse. That's always a good game between the two programs. So Oklahoma, you better come out sharp and ready to play because you ain't playing Nebraska and you ain't playing Tulane. So it's big, it's big 12 football, baby. Um, and then also Clemson, I mean, yeah, we already went there. So you better get your shit together. That is very true. Everybody needs to get their shit together. You just mentioned, uh, speaking of which I'm going to go ahead and give you a knot right on top of that. Who also needs to do the same thing. The state of Florida, not feeling hot. Miami, Florida state and Florida all losing this pack past week Two of those schools. Haley, we know. Aww, don't don't include the Florida Gators in that. I am going to include them. They like, played hard. Then they lost. A loss is still a loss. And those two schools that I mentioned that we all know, this you know the early two thousands feel almost like a hundred years ago. Miami is not back to being the program that we thought they could be. Florida State might be getting a new head coach uh, next year. And I mean, Florida. I, I know it was a, a tight game, but does anybody in the East outside of South Carolina, Carolina, like 15 years ago, want to beat Alabama just once? Do we want to try that does. during the regular season, during oh, the regular season? Nobody's been able to do it. So uh, Florida, figure it out. They're not having a good week. There's more fun in the West. They're for it's actually sure, kind of terrifying. 1,000 percent. It's always been the case. So who do you got next for a nod or a hot, Haley? Ooh, okay, my hot, I'm going to steal this one from you, I already know I am, is Mr. Matt Corral from Ole Miss. He went 23 of 31 with 335 yards, three passing touchdowns, but that's not even the most impressive part. He had four rushing touchdowns on the day. Um, yeah, I've said this, I'm terrified for AM to play this Ole Miss team. Um we're going to see what they have here in two weeks when they have to play Alabama. But, you know, shout out to him for that one because I think that game was delayed for several hours. I think it was well past midnight before that game ever actually wrapped up. And he still did the damn thing. So Matt Corral, he is turning a lot of heads. And I want to say he is now top three in Heisman contention. So He should be number one because he's the best quarterback in the country. And I've been saying it wow. all year long. And I know you guys want to look at my old Miss meter, but to add on to what Haley said, yes, that's why one... you've been hiding the board the whole yes, time. That is one of oh my, my hots. I also want to add on that this offense is averaging over 52 points a game. They are averaging over 635 yards a game. And okay, this defense, we, okay. and this defense okay. is only giving up 24 points. We literally just talked about the same thing with Auburn. Auburn was putting up 60 points a game, yada, yada, yada. I, I hear you, but I think you, know I think Haley, you need to pump the brakes. Even if you chop off 20 points off that and 100, and I'll give you 150 yards off that average. It's still one of the best offenses in the country, which is why I have Old Miss at oh 90%. 90%. I am feeling so confident that this Old Miss team, once again, this Old Miss meter is not just that Old Miss is good. It is that they will win the SEC. I currently think that they are the third best team, possibly the second best team in the SEC right now. This team is the hottest team in the country. Wow. They got one more week to go before the game of the century, which is going to be Alabama and Old Miss, the upset of the year. No. Yes. You no. can't watch that Bama Florida game and tell me that Matt Corral and boys are not going to curb stomp Bama. It's happening, folks. Get on the freaking train. Okay. By the way, I no. want to mention something also why Old Miss is like the hottest team in the country. Lane Kiffin on Instagram only follows one person. It was revealed today. Like somebody mentioned it. I saw it's going viral. Do you know the one person he follows, Haley? Katy Perry. No, he follows Arch Manning. 
because he, <laughs> he wants him to come to school. That that's no, that is come that's on, elite. That, that's elite. You cannot beat Lane. Listen, nobody's having a better college football year this year than Old Miss, and it's gonna get so good. So that's my hot. My other hot, Haley. We kind of already talked about it. Is everyone in the Big Ten not named Ohio State? How excited are you if you're an Iowa fan, Sparty, Wolverine, Badger even because you're still on it? You're a Nittany line. Everybody in the Big Ten is so excited because everybody legitimately has a chance to make it to the CFP. Hey. So if you're Oh no, we're we're right eye to eye on that one because my hot I <laughs> are all of our Hawkeye fans are gonna start to hate me, but I just put Penn State and Sparty Boys just for this week that they should be feeling hot. No slight to Iowa, but you did play Kent State, and the first half was pretty close. So, you know, I mean, hey, I That's watched Kent Iowa State football, a couple weeks ago. That's Iowa football, though. Right, That's Iowa football. It's always right. going to be that. So, but with that being said, I couldn't put them as feeling hot this week because of that. But for sure, Michigan State and Penn State, I mean, at this point between Michigan – what a good week for the state of Michigan. Western Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan. I wonder how Central Michigan did. Anyways, good good state. Maybe right there. <laughs> a good state. Yeah, good state. Except for those Youpers. They're weird people up there. But, I, dude, I was entertained by Sparty. Like, entertained by Sparty. That's exciting right. to have that old-school Michigan State team that plays really hard defense, hits people, runs the football. I liked it. I'm excited. It's crazy we love Big Ten football this week. Uh, the one thing I did not love for one of my knots, Haley, I've got two before uh, I'm done, is counting. Counting was not hot this week. Uh, SEC officials just fucked up the Penn State-Auburn okay, game I, in the thing that's annoying. Fashion. No, the thing that's the most annoying about it is the fact that it is labeled SEC officials. Because, I mean, well, Haley, no, okay, they yes, were. Okay, yes, no, I get that they were. I get that. But... You're such I'm an apologist. Saying, I think this, You're such no, a homer. This, 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 no, this proves a bigger issue. The issue being that we don't need stupid refs for different conferences. Like, just put them all in one pool and divi divide up the games like that. Possibly. It was the SEC's fault they admitted it, so it's totally on the SEC's record that they blew it. If anybody didn't see it, we were watching the game, and we couldn't make sense of it either. Uh, basically, Wait, no, the SEC had two flubs ups then. They yes, had I did say flubs, flubs up. in case anyone was flubs wondering. Up, yes. Flubs the, ups. The one, we're, well, the one I'm talking about is the intentional grounding that they put on the wrong down, so they made Penn State punt on yes, a that's third, not the one I'm talking about. third and 11, which was hilarious, which they apologized for. Which one are you talking about? I'm talking about um, someone in the chat helped me. Uh, was it, I think it was uh, Mississippi State. Yes, maybe. No, yes, Mississippi right? State. Where, no, it was Mississippi State. Yes, because the they didn't down the ball and the Memphis player just came up, scooped it up, ran it back for like a 95-yard touchdown and ended up winning the game. I did not and see so this. The SEC, yeah, so the SEC had to like tweet out this whole thing. Like it was... I, it was like it was so chaos I, I think it was on a punt return and they just like didn't down the ball no one touched it and so the Memphis player just came right along scooped it up and ran it back the other way okay it is the SEC's fault y'all need to figure your stuff out you're, <laughs> you're cheaters it's ridiculous and usually the SEC crews are very good they put they're a better ref in my opinion I can find the what don't they have like a Twitter? It's like SEC officiating. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Like every single conference could claim that they have the worst refs because everybody knows one or two that are just terrible at their job. But losing it down in, in the biggest game of the weekend was pretty shocking. So they're not. And then my last nod, Haley, as I have it right here to explain to people, chalk. Chalk, chalk. is not hot, which is the most exciting thing about this year is that everything we've talked about at the beginning of the year, unanimously not just us on this show but everybody begrudgingly was like ah oh, shit it's gonna be oklahoma and bama and clemson ohio state because we just can't see it any other way and that is not true all four of those teams right. might not make it in the playoffs two of them right now are on life support and cannot lose another game or there is no way they are making it to the playoffs that's the most exciting thing about this year chalk is dead 
we're getting new blood in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. And for what it's worth, if you want to read up on what happened at SEC officiating has a very long uh, <laughs> explanation there for what happened in the game. Uh, it was uh, my bad. We, we fucked up. We done fucked up. That's us. We're sorry. Yes, basically that's what it is because the whole like second pair, like the first paragraph tells you what happened. Second paragraph is like, on the play, the back judge gave a single stop the clock signal immediately after the receiving team possessed the ball. The inadvertent signal aspect of the play is reviewable and replay should have stopped the game to review for a potential inadvertent signal. The subsequent review would have placed the ball in the spot where the signal was made. But none of that happened. And then also, <laughs> even better, on the same play, two Memphis players were wearing number four. Oh, my. Guys, what are we doing? What are we doing down here? So they missed, like, three things on that play. And Mississippi State ended up losing the game because of this. That's the frustrating thing about it is because it's like there's no accountability for refs. Like, they're just going to be like, ah, we messed up. Sorry. Whoops. Sorry. And then they're going to we'll go see, coach like, the, get, do a big game next week. But the funny part about this is SEC refs did this to an SEC team. <laughs> yeah. So it's not even like... <laughs> no, so they just were like, bad. Yeah, exactly. So it's not even like you could be like, oh, the SEC was cheating. No, like they literally cost one of their own teams to lose. Yeah, and they're not, they're, they weren't home cooking up in Happy Valley. No ref would be like, I'm going to try and, you know, get a call Auburn's way in this atmosphere. You're right. a crazy person. They will murder you before right. you leave the, the parking lot. Um, so counting wasn't good. Chalk is dead. I'm excited. And this next week uh, that we have com uh, coming up this weekend, we got football again action starting tomorrow. Or do we have a – no, there's not a game on – no, Thursday. Not Wednesday, I could have sworn Thursday. there was a weird but, one, thir one Wednesday game. But Thursday and uh, Friday games are – Hey, you say that, but it's football. We thank the sweet baby Jesus that we have them every single day. Um, Very true. So for week four, Haley, let's go ahead and get into this. If you're, Are you done with your hot or nots? You're done. Oh, yeah. You're done. Yeah. Let's go on to week four. Uh, so when we look at week four, there's not like the, the lineup isn't very good, but there is a lot of room for chaos. Like a lot of things can yeah. happen right here. So starting off with week four, we'll kind of get your thoughts on this, Haley. Uh, we're starting off the morning with number 12, Notre Dame, versus number 18, Wisconsin. And actually, I'm going to put a pause on this. I'm going to put a quick pause because I think we do need to mention this. When we talk about chalk and not teams not making the playoffs, if Notre Dame does win out, they will go to the playoffs. Based, no, they won't. They will, based on their strength no. of schedule. Yes. No. Haley, before no. – Yes, I don't care. You need – no. You Now you're being the little girl who's crying – with her grandmother talking to her, saying this is what's going to happen. Because Notre Dame, la before last week, was about to play five top 25 teams in a row. And if they beat all of them, which they're still scheduled to play three as of right now, they couldn't help that USC and VTech lost, their strength of schedule is still one of the best in the country. And if Notre Dame goes undefeated, there's no way they're left out. No. I know you hate that, but it's true. I'm going to say it. It's no. true. I don't it's believe fine. they it should be there, but I'm just saying, looking at it right now, if they can do that, they're going to go to the playoffs. They're losing. They will lose. Probably. They could I'm lose this weekend. And I'm Vegas kind of agrees with you now. that they might lose because Wisconsin is a six-point favorite at home. This is Jack Cohn returning back to campus, if you will. They interviewed him saying, uh, hey, is it weird that you're going to be playing against your former team. And he's like, yeah, it's weird. Bro, they got Wisconsin and Cincinnati back-to-back -back weeks. Yeah, I know. And they still got USC, which I'm not counting USC out. They still got UNC. Yes, in VTech. That's what I'm saying. If the, if Before last weekend, they were about to play five ranked top 25 teams in a row. And I'm saying oh. if they win all those games, it's going to be hard to keep them out. Good for the Fighting Irish. Let me, <laughs> let me just, tell you. I'm not rooting for it to you, happen. I'm just telling you it's going to happen. Let me tell you, my give a shit level for this game is like, <laughs> I. What else? What else is on? What else can I watch instead at 11 a.m. No, on did, a Saturday? Haley, you do this show. You are going to sit there and you're going to listen to this game. You're going to get Gus Johnson and Joel, so that'll be nice. And you're going to watch this football game. I mean, God, Wisconsin and Notre Dame. Ugh. You you have to. It's your job. You literally have. And there's not another game on at 11 o'clock. I would rather watching. watch Georgia Vanderbilt. 
No. You know what I'm going to watch instead? LSU Mississippi State. At least that will be A, entertaining, B, educational, because I don't know what Mississippi State has, and LSU played really well this past week, so I would like to see what they've got. That's what I'm doing with my Saturday morning instead. That sounds like I would rather I would rather watch Texas and Texas Tech. Well, that's a difference of like which kind of meth do you want? Do you want West Texas meth or do you want Louisiana meth, Mississippi meth? Very, very true. Is I will it, have those two those games are, on. <laughs> those are the but same. But I will be I will be paying attention to the score of the Notre Dame Wisconsin game. I just. Well, it's Jack Cohn set the tone for the weekend because they asked him if it was going to be weird, and he was like, yeah, it's going to be weird. And then that was the end of the interview, so dynamite drop in there, Jackie. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I kind of agree with you. But the stakes are huge. If you don't want Notre Dame in the playoffs, you definitely are rooting for a Badger victory. Uh, and Vegas likes ba- uh, the Badgers at home with six. It's going to be a game that none of Who us Who are, are you watch. rooting for in this? Who am I? This is going to determine, your answer is going to determine if we can do the show together for the rest of the season. I'm particular to a Badger. I like a Badger. I like a Badger okay, cool. more than I do a Notre Dame. I think Jack Cohn's yeah. having a great year, proving me wrong. I love Kyle Hamilton has pretty much already wrapped up the Thorpe Award. He's having a beast season. Uh, but yeah, I like the Badgers. Go Badgers. Badgers are way cooler. Great. Great. Um, glad, glad we all agree here. Glad, glad we, we all, all agree. agree. So now the big game and what we're most likely going to be doing for a watch party. I have a, an event I have to do in the morning, hoping I have enough time to get home to set up for this one. Number seven, Texas A&M versus number 16, Arkansas up in Jerry World. Uh, again, Nobody the, wants to see me watch this game. The weirdo wacko game of the day. Uh, four and a half points for A&M. So Vegas is feeling like this one is going to be a little bit of a tight one. They must have been impressed by that Arkansas victory over Texas. Haley, we've talked about this game at length, but well, now- it's not even. No, that's a normal. I that's a normal spread. I don't think that that's Vegas saying one way or the other. Like I feel actually strongly. Like I actually almost think that I'm surprised that it's four and a half versus not just three um, for the Aggies because even last week they still only put up 34 points. They looked better. But at the end of the day, again, still only 34 points. Granted, they did have two punt return touchdowns called back because of holding penalties. Um, but this game just gets spicy. You want me to give you some fun stats about it? Let's give me some give me some fun stats okay. and then give me your pick and then I'm going to give you my pick. All right. Oh, I don't Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> so this currently A&M is on a nine-game winning streak. I don't know if everyone in the chat knew that, but yes, nine yes. games. I put if, it up. I have a and, calendar of it up in my home of, of keeping good. track of when the Aggies so, win. Th- but that's like, think about that. That's like almost unfathomable. Like that's almost, if A&M wins this game, when A&M wins this game, that's going to be a decade of wins. That blows my mind. Also makes me feel really old because that goes back to 2012. And that was my first year of college anyways. Um, but and it's going to be for either side. So from 1958 to 1966, Arkansas won nine in a row, and then it was broken. So currently, if AM wins this, again, it will be the longest ever wrench streak between the two programs. Three out of the last nine have ended in overtime, mm-hmm. as we know. AM was ranked six times out of the last nine, and seven out of the last nine games have been decided by one score or less. That's the crazy one. This game is nuts. It's going to be this nuts. This game is nuts. Seven yes. out of nine, one score or less. So, and we're going to figure out, too, if Arkansas is a really good football team or if Texas is really bad. Because I'm hoping, hoping Arkansas can, like, win this game to save face. To see, like, yeah, see, Arkansas is a really good football team, guys. We just lost to a good football team. I don't know if that's going to be the case. That's going to be the best defense they might see all year long. Um, I, am, I am intrigued by the trenches in this one. Um, I can remember being on the sidelines and 14 through 16 of this game and seeing Arkansas's offensive line and being just like, oh my Lord, those boys are big. Like, I mean, I was more blown away by the size of the Arkansas offensive line every year than I ever was by any player at Alabama. Um, And that being said, this year's offensive line is even bigger. They average 6'6", 317 pounds. That is the average offensive lineman on this Arkansas team. So I think that challenge going against this very stout AM defensive line is going to be an extremely high challenge for the team. 
Um, they've only, and not only that, they've only given up two sacks this season. So they have a lot, a lot of talent in regards to just upperclassmen. This team is playing very hard for Sam Pittman. You know that these seniors and these upperclassmen are ready to finally knock off A&M. Um, it's, I think it's going to come down more to what can A&M's offense do against Arkansas's defense, and that's going to be the story of the day versus the alternative. That's what I would agree with right there. I'm picking Arkansas because I know what they are. Calzado for me, I don't know what that's going to be. If A&M can have success running the ball, they're going to win, and they should win. Like, they have the better skill position players. Let's not kid ourselves. Like, this team is a complete offense. If they had Haynes King, I, I'm not even sweating with this, right. like, like at all. But I think Arkansas, like you said, they're playing for Sam. But nobody's playing harder for their coach in the country than Hogs are for Sam Pittman. It's right. insane how much they love that guy. So, like you said, this game is always wacky. I'm going to be watching this one from start to finish. I don't want to pick against AM just because I don't like them. But, like, this game smells like a hog trap, right? It, it just, to me, every year has this same kind of reputation with it. Um, this year obviously feels more tense than ever because I do believe this is the best Arkansas team that A&M has faced since probably 2015. And, well, I want to say 2014, 2015 were back-to-back years that, all, that Arkansas went to a bowl game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I do have confidence in A&M to pull it out, but I think it's like by a field goal. Honestly, I think Seth Small is going to have to have the game of his life. You're talking about your fat kicker? <laughs> Which you said was going to be on my be- on your beefy boys. Not yet. You know what? If he if he hits a game-winning kick against Arkansas, he will be the, the beefy boy. And you also have a fat punter. And also... <laughs> Constantiano. Pretty sure he's like Australian, actually. And, and also, on top of that, your boy, Randy Bullock who was the original OG fat kicker, hit a game winner this weekend. (laughs) He he sure did, didn't he? Those fat kickers at A&M, folks. They're they're good. (laughs) They're good. Um, That's going to be a tight game. Big one. And then there's some other ones at 230 as well to keep an eye on. Number nine, Clemson is a 10-point favorite versus NC State. But this is a game notoriously that they struggle with. We know their offense is struggling. And then also this other one, Rutgers, folks, is back. They're 3-0. And they're 20 and a point, uh, 20 and a half points uh, uh, underdog to Michigan at home. I'm just letting you know, folks. Greg Schiano, I'm just throwing it out there. No, Am I crazy, Haley, Tyler. or both of these yes. go chalk? Yes. Honestly, whenever you were like, I'm going to bring up Rutgers, Michigan, I was like, okay, you do that, Tyler, because I'm going to bring up Iowa State, Baylor. They're also playing at 230. I'm just being a big, big 12 homer today. Um, but Iowa State Baylor is intriguing because Baylor is 3-0 on the year. Iowa State has struggled, as we've seen. They struggled with Iowa. We don't really know what to make of this Iowa State team. Um, so who knows? Last year, if you followed our show last year, I was high on Baylor a year ago um, because of Dave Aranda and I think what he instills in a program. So it's exciting for me to see that they are 3-0 and starting off the season. And who knows? This one might be closer than a lot of people think. Yeah, I'm not trusting Iowa State to do anything. Remember when I said What's the line on this one? Can, the, we, can I look that up real quick? BetOnline.ag. Yes, I did not look up the line for that game because um, I don't acknowledge is its existence. So I don't know what the, uh, what the spread is in that game. Remember when I said Iowa State was going to go to Las Vegas and lose? Yes. Well, that was a fucking lie. They didn't. They yeah, just they did not. <laughs> they destroyed UNLV, which they needed to. They needed to get some offense. Like they needed to get that offense going. They scored forty-eight points, which is something that we still struggle to understand why they struggle against better competition. With Iowa State is a seven-point favorite over Baylor. That sounds about right. Yeah, I would yeah. expect Iowa State to win that game again. It, they're that one team in the country that we they're they're almost akin to Clemson, where it's like, how do you struggle so much with the weapons that you have? Right. We just don't really understand that. Um, right. So I guess you're not going to acknowledge Rutgers at Michigan. I'm going to tell folks, don't put it past the Scarlet Knights to make some noise. and a half, Tyler. Like, the only significance about that is telling people to not take the over. 
I'm telling people Rutgers can make some noise. I'm just letting y'all know what's up. All right. Well, those are your 2.30 games. I also, two other games I want to bring up for everyone in the later half of the evening is UCLA versus Stanford is on at 5, which, you know, we're getting a little West Coast football actually mm-hmm. earlier in the day than we usually do. That game is intriguing because Stanford, we saw last, two weeks ago, week two, upset USC. That's what ended up causing the Clay Helton firing. Um, but then this week they went to Vanderbilt, beat an SEC school, Vanderbilt, take that for what you wish. And UCLA, we really don't know what to think or make of them at this point. They had their huge win over LSU. We don't really know what LSU is. This week, they slipped up. So I think that game is just intriguing, especially for UCLA. They should bounce back. And then also at 6 p.m., Tennessee versus Florida. Uh, This one is intriguing. People are probably laughing because they're like, why should I give a damn about Tennessee football? Um, Well, They've been doing decent their first couple weeks. They just had a big win. Um, And, you know, when teams lose to Bama, there's some crazy stat out there, and this might just be a myth, but I want to say there's some ridiculous stat that teams overwhelmingly lose the game after playing Alabama slash losing to Alabama. Um, So who knows? We'll see if that hangover from playing playing them, them Alabamans is going to end up hurting Florida. It could. You know, after last year's debacle, I'm totally out on Dan Mullen. And that's just personal. Right. That's and not the shoe. The, just, shoe. the shoe, you're over it. I'm Wait, done. I have a I'm done. Can someone answer to me? I've honestly never thought about this. Why is Alabama's mascot an elephant, but they say roll tide? I actually Like, they're not... And, and why are they the Alabama Crimson Tide? Well, I guess that brings in the roll tide, but then... If it's a roll, you would think it might be a wave or a ball, but then why are they an elephant? So I have the answer to this. You could have okay. just asked your co-host who does the freaking college football show. No, I show literally no. You. This literally just like this occurred to me just now because that's why I said weirdly the Alabamians because I was like, well, they're not the elephants the, the, the and titers. they're not, and you can't say the roll tide in. So yeah. I said Alabamians. So apparently, I know one half of this. The uh, the elephant part of it, I assume, is from the same game. But the Crimson Tide part of it came from when Alabama played in the Rose Bowl. I do not remember who they were playing. This was like in the 1920s. And the announcers at the game talked about how the uh, Alabama players looked like this crimson wave, this crimson tide going down the field. And that's where it came from. So the elephant huh. part, I can't remember if that also was from that game, but I know that that part, the Crimson Tide part, came from whoever they played in some Rose Bowl way back in the day. Well, there's a reason for it. I don't have time to read this, but apparently you have to go all the way back to 1930 to find the origin of Alabama's elephant. So there you go. So then the elephant came, and then the elephants. So they're the elephants and the, the, they're the tides. There we go. Elephants would make a big tide. They're big animals. Did you know, before we go on to our next interesting game, that elephants think of humans like we think of dogs. They think we're dogs. They think we're cute and fun. Elephants think we're cute and fun. Like we think dogs are cute and fun. So there you go. You get a little bit of both. A little bit of the zoo books here on Haley and Co. Uh, We have also Nebraska taking on Michigan State, who is extremely impressive against Miami. And I'll give Nebraska a little bit of credit for what they did against OU this past weekend, Haley. They did look better. They did play Oklahoma tight. Um, They did put pressure on the Sooners. And look, Scott Frost is fighting for his job. Nebraska is fighting for their life as a blue blood to hold on to whatever reputation they can, whatever respect they have. Do we see them uh, maybe upsetting Michigan State? Vegas only has Sparty as a five-point favorite. I think that this Mel Tucker, Michigan State team, I think there's too many. Mel Tucker comes from the Nick Saban tree. So there are just too many things that you see in Nick Saban, former assistant coaches, that are consistent within these programs. And that's what I'm starting to see out of Michigan State. And I don't see them losing to this Nebraska team. I agree with you. Nebraska's going to lose, which makes me happy. And then number 25, Kansas State versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Wildcats, though, pretty good start to the year. Took down Stanford 
in the top 25. Yeah. Uh, no idea. I know Carson Strong. Carson Strong didn't look great against them, and he was projected the best quarterback coming out for the draft this year. So there you go. What do you think in yeah. this game? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought about it. <laughs> well, you sent me Jalen Waddle, who's a beefy boy. We know Kansas State, they like to run the football. Jalen Waddle? I didn't send you Jalen Waddle. Yeah, He's Jay, down in Miami. Jalen Jalen Warren. <laughs> That's my bad. Jalen Warren. Warren or Weaver? Is Warren. Yeah. That was our beefy that boy. Guy. Which, by the way, yep, I was informed that, that during that part that they didn't get to hear me talk. I forgot to put an input on our side. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so, they just saw a video, and they have no idea what we talked about with the Beefy Boys. They don't even know who they are. Or maybe they are going to get the hang of this one day. One of these days. Um, one of these days. Is that all the games? That I mean, those are all the games I mentioned. I assume we have Pac-12 after dark. I haven't taken a look at those games. I think you – I know you mentioned one, uh, but I'm not sure exactly who else is playing um, this – Eve the, the this coming Saturday. Well, you got Arizona Let's State, see, Colorado see. at nine thirty. You got Oregon, yeah, Arizona Cal, at Washington. Holy shit. <laughs> BYU, South Florida. Woo. Listen, yeah, you're, no. you're high in the Cougs. Come on now. See, this is also what's going to end up being detrimental to Oregon is that they're playing at nine thirty p.m. against Arizona. They're twenty nine point favorite, and nobody is going to care just got to win though i'm also getting conflicting reports on the chat correcting me and i'm glad they are saying that the crimson tide was apparently coined by hugh roberts who was watching yeah i was about to tell you i think you got the stories wrong was it flipped because the elephant because the elephant story definitely has to do with a sports reply sports writer describing coach wade's 1930 team he said at the end of the quarter, the earth started to tremble. There was a distant rumble that continued to grow. Some excited fan in the stands bellowed, hold your horses. The elephants are coming and outstamped this Alabama varsity. So it was flipped. Gotcha. Yes. It, yeah. I'm reading that the Crimson game, kind of the same thing. It was a um, sportscaster guy who said, you know, they're playing in a sea of crimson. They look like this crimson tide, this wave. So there you go. Alabama, you're a thing. Congratulations to your elephants and your red tide. You That's spoiled brats who have, it must be so, what a boring life to be an Alabama fan. You should live on the I'm edge. So, I'm so intrigued to this right now, actually. Wow, did you know that Alabama kept a real live elephant named Alamite in the 1940s? An Alamite would carry each year's homecoming queen onto the field before the homecoming game. What a wild time to be in the South. <laughs> Just wild to be in the South. I mean, imagine that, like going to a game, you could see an elephant, Tennessee, you saw Smokey, Georgia, you saw the Bulldog, like. It's a, it's wild. LSU, you saw a tiger. Yeah, Tigers. I think Mike is dead, though. What? No, didn't he's Mike he got die? vaccinated. Oh, he got, no, vaccinated. got vaccinated. No, 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 no. He did. No, not, he didn't get vaccinated. He got euthanized. It looks like he's getting no, vaccinated. No, he didn't. <laughs> Don't say that. Wait, I could have sworn he had cancer. I mean, unless they're like, let's be honest, they probably just named them all Mike. I mean, yeah, they name them all Mike, just like the name Bevo, Bevos, and Revely, you know, Revely Junior, Revely Junior the third, because they're bred out of incest. They, I was like, no, I think they at least throw like numbers on the end of them. But I'm also pretty sure that Revelys go by a different name before they become Revely. But they also, but they have numbers, right? They're like Reveille twelve or thirteen yeah. or whatever right. they are. Did you ever? I don't know if folks and they're know all this. buried out in front of Kyle Field. They're buried in Kyle Field, yes. Yeah, so you can see the humps at the fifty-yard line, the dead dog graves. <laughs> they don't want you to see that, but it's true. It's why they put that big Texas over it. No, did you know no. this, Haley? You went to A and M, so you should know this. And I dated a, an Aggie for seven years. That if Reveille folks comes into your classroom and barks. That class is dismissed. True or yes. false, Haley? That is very true. Because did, the did amount you ever of people. See it? No, because the amount of people that like would bring treats and try to incentivize Reveille to bark, <laughs> coys, uh, net, like very. It's, she don't bark. That's impressive. I've also yeah. heard that if Reveille 
hops up on the bed of a cadet that the cadet must sleep on the floor and cannot move readily off the bed. Is that true? Yeah. That is also true. You guys are ranked number seven in the country. It's wild. We take a lot of pride in our animals. <laughs> yes, we you are do. Like the, we're the number one veterinary school, I'm pretty sure, in the country. So no, That's true. You guys are. You do good. I like the animal part of A&M. That's one of the Here things. That's one of the things I, I like about A and M. Uh, Texas Agricultural and Mechanics. Yeah, and Texas is good at uh, you know they're good at stuff, whatever they do, business. Yeah, I feel like I I feel like no, I feel like Texas um, contributes good doctors to the world. Yeah, sure they do because it ain't football. I know that they do not contribute good football to the world. Well, within the past ten years. Oh, good God, man. PTSD. All right, we have so derailed. Thanks for anyone that just listened to that little rant no, that we you, just had. No, they love it. They love it. That's the good stuff you can only get here. They don't know about Reveille. They don't know about that stuff. My, It's my favorite thing about college they football. They apparently know about Alabama's elephants. They don't, Well, we have a bunch of SEC people in here because you brought them over from your side of things. So I'm like the lone longhorn that in here. More. Oh, my God. I cannot wait till we're neighbors. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to get out of here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to betonline.ag and play action pools. We'll let you guys know what the watch party is going to be. Uh, if it's not AM Arkansas, we'll try and do something later on in the day. It could be one of those crazy nights, Haley, where I stay up till like 1 a.m. and do Pac 12 with these guys after dark. We'll Oregon, see. Arizona. We'll do something. Yeah, we'll do uh, Arizona and Oregon just to take a, a quicker look at the Ducks. But thank you, everybody. Haley, thank you. You rock as always. I'm excited for this weekend. Go, go Hogs. Go. 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 No, we're saying go Aggies. A whoop. This is what you do. Charlie's Angels. A whoop. Got to show the ring. Oh, it's you got to show the ring. Wait. On next week's episode, we will talk about the time Tyler saw a girl throw up into her ring dunk pitcher. But that's all we have for today. <laughs> that's it for the show. Thank you, guys. Haley, say bye. Adios, people. See you on Twitter on Saturday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.